Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 66, Failure Planning with Future You. Many of us don't realize that a lot of our failures and mistakes can actually be anticipated and planned for and made less bad as a result. Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School calls this talking to future you, looking at what you want to get done and asking the person that will exist after you've achieved the goal, how did you do it? This is also known as failure planning. Failure planning which is similar to backwards planning, will help you ask future you how they got the goal done and how to avoid many of the mistakes you would otherwise make along the way. Now, failure planning does not mean assuming you'll fail. Preparing for failure is like preparing for a tornado, a hurricane, a wildfire, or an earthquake. Storing up food, water, and emergency supplies where you can get them should the worst come true. Does this mean those disasters will happen? No, but it means that if they do, you have a plan for them. And that makes handling these disasters at least less stressful. How do you fill your plan effectively? It's actually pretty simple. So we'll start with students here. Students, a lot of the things that you need to fail your plan for, that you need to ask future you about, you've already done these things before. You've taken tests before. You've written papers before. You've done group projects before. So your first job is to backwards plan the paper or the project or how you're gonna study for the exam, just like we talk about in episode 13. Start at the end and break your project or paper or study plan into one week blocks and then break each block into two hour tasks. So if you haven't heard about this before, Go listen to episode 13 first, and we talk about how to backwards, forwards plan to do a project or a paper or whatever. Once you have your list of two-hour tasks, look at each one and ask yourself, where and how could this go wrong? How has it gone wrong in the past? Why did it go wrong in the past? And really spend some time investigating each step in your backwards plan so you can fail your planet effectively. For example, If your study plan involves making flashcards in the first couple of days, one of the ways that this could fail is forgetting to make the flashcards. Another way it could fail is not getting the stuff you need to create the flashcards. It's hard to make flashcards if you have no cards. As another example, if one of the steps of your plan for writing your paper involves printing out your sources so you can go through them with your highlighter, one of the ways this could fail is your printer having no ink or no paper. Another way is your highlighter going dry. Yet another way is the printer breaking down. How will you handle these obstacles if they come up? Knowing these possible obstacles, you can now plan how to avoid or minimize them. In the case of not having the materials to make your flashcards, you could put buy flashcards on your weekly shopping list. Same for missing ink and paper. Do you have a backup plan if your printer or computer or phone breaks down? If not, it's time to figure one out. Printers have a habit of breaking down at the worst possible times. Ask me sometime about how I 
didn't have a printer available when I had to print out my criminology qualifying exam answers. That was not fun. I had a frantic call to the department secretary, Anna, help. And she said, send them to me an email and I'll print them out for you. And for me, having my uh, laptop completely crap out right before I had to take one of my qualifying exams. So I had to scramble to get a refurbished laptop just so I'd be able to write and have access to my notes. I remember, I think it was Rick telling my first year graduate class once about having to move out of his apartment suddenly during finals week, having three papers to write, and leaving his charger in his ex-girlfriend's apartment and she wouldn't let him have it back. Okay, you need to plan for your computer not working, folks. There are all kinds of reasons why it might not. Now, don't try to cover every single possible obstacle, of course. Focus on the most likely ones first. It's not necessary, for example, to fail your plan for, my mom came over unexpectedly. First, in the middle of COVID, that's probably not going to happen. Second, the failure plan for that is always switch my social time with my studying time. Stick to the things that you know are more likely to happen, either because they've happened to you or they've happened to others. In the example I just gave, the problem was that his computer was going to die. It wasn't the reasons why it was going to die. It was just the fact that he didn't have a charger for his computer. Okay, so there needs to be a failure plan for that. My computer stops working. Does it matter whether it's because it died or because it ran out of battery? Probably not. The plan is still, my computer stops working. Where's your backup plan? What are you going to do about that? And a meteor strikes the earth, really unlikely. And if that happens, trust us, you will not care about the assignment at that point. Stick the things that are likely to happen, all right? You'll find that many of the obstacles are pretty much the same for each step, like we just said. You know, it doesn't matter whether your computer breaks down or its battery dies and you have no charger. The problem is no usable computer, right? And it's okay that a lot of the obstacles are the same because a good failure plan will have a backup plan or a way to prevent each of these obstacles from happening. And if you notice a lot of them are, my computer breaks down, well then you know you've gotta have one backup plan for that. How to make sure that I've got a functioning computer when I need it. The same backup plan, the same prevention, that's gonna work for all the times when your failure is the computer stops working. You'll just have one backup plan for all of it. For teachers, failure planning is pretty similar. What do you normally see failures with in your own work? Is it lesson planning, lecture prep, writing test questions, grading? You know where the probable pitfalls are, and that means you can plan for them. You can also help your students learn how to fail your plan. After you hand out an assignment, ask them to list ways that students could fail at doing this assignment. Come up with plans to avoid those problems or deal with them as they happen as a class. You could also assign turn-in failure plan as part of a group project. And finally, thinking of failure planning as asking future you, how did I get this done? It removes the word failure from the process. And that word failure is one of those words that a lot of people don't like to use. So if this is giving you trouble saying, I'm going to fail your plan, think instead of it as having a conversation with you once you've already finished this job. How did I handle it when the printer broke down? Or how did I handle it when I didn't know what the next step was? Essentially, using future you means getting advice from yourself. And that often works better than you think. And this works for me both teaching as a student and even now, uh, even away from teaching in the sense that I will ask myself, what do I think I'm going to want to eat later this week? 
And that way, when I do my grocery shopping, past me has talked with future me about what I'm going to want. And there's a chance I'm going to be pretty happy with that. Certainly a lot happier than if I try and buy something on the spot when I'm already hungry and not in a great mood. But I've done uh, failure planning for both my teaching and for my dissertation. And the basic thought for both was, oh my God, what if I get up there and I don't know anything? Or for my dissertation defense, yeah, I've been working on this research for a few years, but I'm gonna get up there and I'm not gonna remember anything. And when I was a rookie teacher, when I was coming out as a, when I was first as a TA, I would often be up until 3, 4 a.m. trying to figure out every possible question that students could answer. And that wasn't a great idea given that I was teaching at 8 or 8.30 in the morning. So I wasn't getting a lot of rest. And I kind of quickly learned that most of the questions I was worried students would ask didn't really come up. And it also took me a while to learn to say, you know, I'm not sure about that, but let me get back to you and realize that that is a valid answer as a teacher that you can say, I don't know everything, but I'm going to put that effort in to find out the answer for you. You're talking about the meteor striking the earth kinds of questions. You know, I mean, I remember trying to prep for that when I was a TA and thinking they're going to ask me questions that I've never heard before, that I've never seen before, that I've never thought of before. But that was, I think, in part because we were in graduate school and we were used to the professors lobbing those kinds of questions at us as grad students. I have since come to realize that most undergraduate students are not going to ask me specific detailed questions about some equation in statistics because they don't know enough to ask those questions. So those are meteor striking the earth kinds of questions. I can probably put those aside and not prep for them. And like you said, the answer, I don't know, but let me look it up. Or one of the other ways that I've done this and teachers listen to this is when a student says, well, what about this problem that's raised by this unit? Let's say that we're talking about global poverty. You know, how do we fix it? I think that's a great question. Have you picked that for your research paper? Because if you haven't, you should, because I'd love to see what you find out about. Remember, the students are your partners in learning. Remember, students, you are our partners in learning. You get to take control of some of your learning. So if you find a question that your teacher can't answer right away, that's okay too. Write that down and make it your next research topic. For me, failure planning has become almost second nature after, been, you know, after having been burned many times by not doing it. But a lot of times I kind of say, well, I already know what the problems are going to be. I don't need to plan for Having a plan is just as important as knowing what the problem is. If I know my computer could break down, but I don't actually make a plan to do something about it, then I haven't failure planned. I haven't asked future you, how'd you fix it? And so, for example, I know that as long as I'm at home and hi, COVID, we're at home a lot right now. If my laptop breaks down, I do have a desktop computer I can use. It's not the end of the world. If the power goes out, well, at least for a little while, I can use my laptop on a battery and the power will have to come back up at some point, right? Failure planning also helps me recognize what I actually have control over and what I don't. I have a lot more control than I thought I did over certain things, but I also have to recognize there are things like the power going out. If that happens, I had no control over that. And that cannot be something that I kick myself for. And the thing is, I've had situations, like I said, where I thought I knew what the problems would be, 
but I didn't actually do the organized planning as a process to make a plan for it. And that meant I wasn't as prepared as I would have liked to be. And I got to tell you, folks, it's really made a difference to know ahead of time, if this happens, I will do that. And if that happens, I will do this. Because if nothing else, that's reduced my stress levels. It's given me a better sense of control over situations that I don't always feel I have control over. And not just in my work, but in the rest of my life, too. So that's what we have for you in episode 66. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we would really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to join us next week for episode 67, when we'll talk about how to reach out to a professor when you're in a rough situation and what happens if they can't respond. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learning made easier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.